Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Monica, host of From Heartbreak to Healed. I'm a life coach for women. I'm a wife, a mama, a granny, and a Christian. I help women turn their heartbreak into joy. After walking my own infidelity journey, it has become my passion to help guide you on your journey. This podcast is for the woman who is ready to heal her heartbreak and find joy on the other side. Let's get started. We're back for another episode, and today we're going to talk about seven strategies for reinvigorating your journey. Sometimes I feel like we can get stuck in like a rut when we're trying to heal, especially when we've done a lot of healing and we're way better than we were, but maybe we're still not exactly where we want to be. It can be kind of easy to get stuck in. Like, I don't know how to keep moving forward. I know I'm not 100% there, but what are the things that I need to work on? So whether you're just starting out on your healing journey and you're like, I don't even know where to start, or you've come a long way and you're like, okay, I'm ready to take it to the next level, you're going to find some something in this episode today that's going to be helpful for you. So I'm not going to dive into all of the specifics about how you do these things. But I want to give you seven ideas, seven topics, seven strategies, as I called it in the title, that you can then go do a deep dive in. Or, I mean, you could just join my coaching program and this is exactly what we do inside the program. So the very first thing is you have to understand the impact of infidelity. You have to understand the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, for some people, the financial impact that infidelity has on you as a person. Obviously, the emotional side of it is easy to understand. We get the negative emotions. We feel those. We know those pretty intimately. But even that requires a deeper dive and knowing them on an even more intimate level. And just this importance of being willing to acknowledge the feelings that we're having and then sometimes seeking support for those feelings. Also understanding the trauma response of infidelity. It is, it does create a trauma response in a lot of people. And I remember one time talking to a friend and she was saying how she had come over. I had, she had been a friend years ago and then we'd kind of fallen out of a friendship, you know, My life got a little crazy with a divorce and I moved and they moved and and then we've since reconnected. And she was saying something about the time that she came over to my house when I was a single mom. And I was like, I don't remember that. And she's a therapist. And she said to me, well, it's 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 common in trauma to forget events. And it was the first time that I think I had ever been willing to see my journey as something that could be trauma or traumatic to me. But as I started to learn more about that and understand it, there are parts of it that are so true. So just understanding from a trauma aspect, the impact that this has on you, your nervous system, your emotions, your health is really, really important. And sometimes doing that leads you down the path of your healing journey even more. Number two is cultivating self-compassion. 
So just really diving into understanding what role self-compassion can have in the healing process and creating some practical ways for practicing self-compassion, like mindfulness and self-care activities or forgiveness of self or um, I have a great meditation for forgiveness that I offer inside of my program that helps with self-compassion. Another way to do this whole cultivating self-compassion is to really learn and understand shame and learn how to drop it and let it go. And we have a whole teaching on emotions inside the program. And then not making yourself wrong for feeling the emotions that you're feeling, but understanding and cultivating self-compassion, which isn't always the same as self-care. Self-care is a big buzzword, and I'm not talking about taking a bath. Yes, that can be part of it, but it's on a deeper level. How can you create compassion for yourself? How can you create forgiveness for yourself? How can you create empathy for yourself? How can you create understanding for yourself? Number three is establishing boundaries. I don't talk a lot about boundaries. I just don't. It's another one of those buzzwords that gets thrown around way too easily. But I think there is some importance behind this. And when I think about boundaries, I'm not thinking about the boundaries for the betrayer. But I'm thinking about the boundaries that you create for yourself. For example, maybe if you are in a situation where like you have separated from your spouse and the responses you get through text, email, whatever, are just not nice. Or they create a very visceral reaction of like anger. Then there is an opportunity for you to create a boundary or to establish a boundary where you give yourself 12 hours or eight hours or two hours or 24 hours before you respond so that you have time to work through the emotion and then respond from a place of self-compassion, from a place of knowledge, and not from a place of anger. There's also, you know, boundaries that have to be set up with parenting time. If you have uh, a spouse who is just not taking your parenting time seriously, then there's boundaries that need to be put in place. So establishing and knowing and understanding what boundaries you need to set up. Maybe it's boundaries for you on how much you scroll social media and try to find out what he's doing with her. But just knowing the importance of setting healthy boundaries for rebuilding trust. And I take this from a place of rebuilding trust in yourself and then learning how to communicate and enforce those boundaries effectively is really helpful. Number four, fostering honest communication. This can go both ways. This can be communication with your spouse, whether you're working it out or you're separating or you're divorced or you're getting divorced, but it can also be Fostering honest communication with yourself. And that is the work that we're called to do. So there's this need for open and honest communication with yourself, but also with your partner. But so much of the healing for me, so much of the healing has been about me, not about them. It's the work I do on myself that creates healing. The work I do on myself is what 
creates the life that I want. So where are you not being honest with yourself? Where are you not giving yourself what you need? Where are you lying to yourself? And then create some ways that you can facilitate constructive conversations about feelings and needs and expectations with whoever those conversations need to happen with, but for sure with yourself. Number five is seeking professional help. Whether you try therapy or you try coaching, I've done both. They both were effective. I will say for me, coaching took me farther on my healing journey than the therapy did. But there are benefits to seeking out professional help to help you navigate because a professional has the skills to take all of these strategies and show you, teach you how to implement them because we can do the learning on this healing journey, but if we don't take the action, nothing changes. And so it's learning to take messy action from what we know So I am giving you these seven strategies, but if you don't actually go and do the work of one of these strategies, then you've just consumed this information. You haven't created or started to or helped or tried to create the life that you actually want, or it doesn't help you to become the person that you actually want to be. All right, number six, rebuilding trust. So this is really important, and I talked about this a little bit before, but the person you have to rebuild trust with the most is yourself. And one of the best ways to do that is to just keep the commitments or promises you make to yourself. So it might be as simple as, like, I read the Bible every morning. Okay, actually get up and read the Bible every morning. And when you start to do these small little things, then the trust in yourself will grow. And once you rebuild the trust inside yourself, you can rebuild trust with people outside of yourself. But if you can't trust, and when I say rebuild trust with yourself, one of the things I mean by that is like, you trust yourself to be able to have any emotion and not react from that emotion, not feel guilt or shame for the emotion. Um, you trust yourself to, to be able to hold big, heavy emotions. You trust yourself to have the capacity to get through any hard thing that life throws your way. And so when you, when you start to work on rebuilding the inner trust, then the things in your outer world will change. And the way we do that is through consistency, transparency, and accountability. And the very last one is embracing growth. We so often get stuck in a victim mentality when we experience infidelity because in a way we are a victim. We are a a victim to betrayal. We are a victim to infidelity. We are a victim to an affair. We are a victim to a divorce because many times in this, in the, in our situations, we didn't want this. We didn't desire this. We didn't ask for this. It was just laid upon us. And so it's really, really easy to to get stuck in that. But when you embrace growth, it takes you out of the victim mentality and into the hero mentality of like, how can I make write this story for my good? How can I 
create healing in a way that allows me to grow into a better version of myself. Because when you embrace growth, you also create transformation. A lot of this is done through mindset work, which is what 95% of my coaching is, is about mindset work. But in order to embrace growth, you have to be willing to show up for yourself. You have to be willing to ask the hard questions. You have to be willing to hire the coach that you keep watching on Instagram and you're like, I know she could help me, but oh gosh, I just don't know if I should spend that money on myself. You have to be willing to read the books, but not just read the books, but then actually take action after you read the books. And it's okay to take messy action. So if you're feeling like you're ready for that next level of healing, I want you to start with just taking one of these seven strategies and commit to one of them this week and decide I'm going to take messy action on rebuilding trust. I'm going to take messy action on embracing growth. Whatever one it is that you feel the most compelled to, commit to this week taking the messy action on that strategy. If it's been hiring a coach or getting a therapist and you've just been putting it off, decide this is the week that you reach out to that person and you say, I think I'm ready. Can we get on a call? If it's that your ex has not been keeping the parenting times and you've just been allowing it, make this the week that you commit to creating a boundary and say, no, this is what our parenting time is and I will expect them to be home at noon. Or you you send the message of this is what our parenting time is and I will be at your house at noon to pick them up. Like however you can create that boundary that you need to create. But commit to the messy action this week. I would love for you to share with me what your messy action is. So if you listen to this and you're like, yes, I'm going to do this thing, send me an email. My email address is coaching at Monica Mundell, M-U-N-D-E-L-L dot com. Coaching at Monica Mundell dot com. Send me an email and tell me like, listen, hey, I listened to your podcast episode and here's my messy action I took and I want to cheer you on and I want to hear all about it. So take one of these strategies, commit to taking some action on that strategy and let's see how your healing unfolds. That wraps up today's episode. I would love for you to leave a rating with a review. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the other ways that you can hang out with me. If you're looking for more one-on-one help in your healing journey, I'm opening a few more spots for coaching. You'll get 12 weeks of one-on-one coaching with me specific to your needs. You will also get a copy of my Joy Creator Journal, which is literally worth its weight in gold. Fill out the interest form in the show notes and I'll be in touch. Let's get you on the path to creating massive amounts of joy. Much love, Monica. And remember, joy comes in the morning.